0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Bills.com fourth quarter of fiscal 2021 earnings conference call. At this time, all participant lines are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand the conference over to Karen Sensot Vice President of Investor Relations for Introductory Remarks. Karen? Thank you, Operator.
1: Welcome to Bill.com's fiscal fourth quarter and full year 2021 earnings conference call. We issued our earnings press release a short time ago and furnished the related form 8K to the SEC. The press release can be found on the Investor Relations section of our website at investor.bill.com. With me on the call today is Renee Lasert. Chairman, CEO, and Founder of Bill.com, and John Reddick, Executive Vice President and CFO. We are also joined by Blake Murray, CEO and Co-Founder of DIVI. Before we begin, please remember that during the course of this call, we we may make forward-looking statements about the operations and future results of Bill.com that involve many assumptions, risks, and uncertainties. If any of these risks or uncertainties develop, or if any of the assumptions prove incorrect, Actual results could differ materially from those expressed or implied by our forward-looking statements. For a discussion of the risk factors associated with our forward-looking statements, please refer to the text in the company's press release issued today and to our periodic reports filed with the SEC, including our most recent annual report on Form 10-K and quarterly report on Form 10-Q filed with the SEC and available on the Investor Relations section of our website. We disclaim any obligation to update any forward-looking statements. On today's call, we will refer to both GAAP and non-GAAP financial measures. The non-revenue financial figures discussed today are non-GAAP unless stated that the measure is a GAAP number. Please refer to today's press release for the reconciliation of GAAP to non-GAAP financial performance and additional disclosures regarding these measures. In addition, our acquisition of DIVI closed on June 1st, And therefore, our reported fiscal fourth quarter results include one month of DIVI's results. At times during this call, we will discuss organic or standalone results, which exclude DIVI to help listeners understand our organic performance. Now I'll turn the call over to Renee. Renee?
2: Thank you, Karen. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that all of you and your families are in good health, doing well, and have been able to enjoy reconnecting with family and friends this summer. I'm incredibly proud of our accomplishments this past fiscal year. We helped SMBs across the country digitally transform their financial operations and adapt quickly to the remote work environment brought on by the pandemic. With our powerful platform, our customers and network members were able to simplify and automate their operations, get paid faster and better manage their cash flow. We expanded our footprint, enhancing our go-to-market capabilities. We also acquired Divi, a leader in spend management to help businesses better control their spend budgeting tools, expense management software, and smart corporate cards. In fiscal 2021, Bill.com helped more than 120,000 customers and 3.2 million network members automate their financial operations and made it even easier for them to connect and do business. In the fourth quarter, our customers completed $42 billion in TPV on our platform, reflecting an annualized run rate of nearly $170 billion. Our customers and network members increasingly adopted our e-payment offerings which enabled them to get paid faster and make payments more conveniently. By helping our customers and network members succeed, we were able to drive strong revenue growth. In the fourth quarter, our organic core revenue growth was 73% year-over-year, and for the full fiscal year, organic core revenue growth was
3: 53%. Our revenue trajectory
2: accelerated during the year, with strong adoption of our platform among small, mid sized and mid-market firms. Increasingly, Businesses are turning to Bill.com as the mission-critical platform that runs their back-office financial operations. Over the last several quarters, we have discussed our strategy to enhance our platform with innovative payment solutions, expand our go-to-market ecosystem, and enter adjacent categories. Succeeding in each of these areas brings us closer to realizing our vision of being the one-stop shop for SMBs to manage their financial operations. In fiscal 2021, we enhanced our e-payment selection by further strengthening our virtual card cross-border and instant transfer offerings. We drove adoption of these e-payment offerings across our customers and network members through in-product marketing, seamless user experiences, and supplier enablement initiatives. As a result, e-payments in our organic business represented 65 percent of our total number of transactions in the fourth quarter, compared to 59% a year ago. Continuous innovation on payment offerings is core to our vision and has enabled us to continue to deliver more and more value to our customers. This past year, we also expanded our diverse go-to-market ecosystem with additional strategic partnerships. We now have relationships with six of the top ten financial institutions in the U.S. and serve 85 of the top 100 accounting firms in the country. In the bank channel, we launched with Wells Fargo and Key Bank. In the accounting channel, we expanded our offering into wealth management, made it easier for accounting firms to onboard customers faster, and recently signed KPMG Spark as a strategic partner, joining PricewaterhouseCoopers, Insights Officer, as our second top four accounting firm. Early in fiscal 2021, we began our inorganic growth journey by identifying growth and product priorities, while concurrently building our M&A muscles so that we could efficiently identify, purchase, and integrate acquired companies. Having these foundational elements in place allowed us to identify, perform diligence, and close Divi, our first acquisition, within the fiscal year. Divi has built a sophisticated software solution that combines budgeting and expense management tools with smart corporate cards. Our customers have been asking for this type of solution, and Divi's spending businesses have also been asking for a bill pay solution. We've been working with the Divi team for about 90 days now, and our belief in the team and the vision of what we can build together only gets stronger. When we are fully integrated, we will provide SMBs with one solution on one platform for all of their B2B spend. I'll now turn the call over to Blake Murray, Divi's co-founder and CEO,
3: to share more about Divi. Thank you, Renee. On behalf of the entire Divi team, I'd like to say how excited we are to be a part of Bill.com. Now that we've had a chance to get under the hood of each other's businesses, we're more excited than ever about what we can do for SMBs. Since the close, we've been developing our joint product roadmap and integration plan, enabling our sales teams to cross-sell our solution, and training our customer support teams to seamlessly help shared users of Bill.com and Divi. Our teams, SMBs, and strategic partners have been very excited about what our combined solution can do for them. We have talked to many longtime Bill.com customers who expressed excitement about rolling out Divi. For example, Nicolette Borlaug-Messia, marketing director at Turnover B2B, said, We love Divi because it allows us to give our team autonomy without too much risk due to each card's defined spending limits. Divi takes the guesswork out of expense management, no longer sifting through monthly expense reports and submitted receipts. As our geographically dispersed team has grown to over 50 employees, Divi's virtual cards have provided us with the expense management solution we are looking for. Another example is from Hunter Thompson, head of operations at Golden Ratio, who told us, Bill.com sold me on the ability to pre-schedule invoices with contractors, vendors, and suppliers. With Divi, I have the ability to control credit limits at the individual level and monitor spending on a dime without banks or mistakes. A key benefit of both products is our ability to have a controlled budget in one place. The result, it saves room in my head and leaves more time for compliance, timelines, and production schedules. Less falls through the cracks when I can plan ahead. We also recently spoke with many partners who share our vision and excitement. Dan Luthi, COO of Ignite Spot Accounting Services, said, and I quote, bringing Bill.com and Divi together can create an enormous foundation for our customers. Businesses will fully manage their complete expenses, payables, and cash outflow in one single system. I love that Bill.com is so simple to use by customers that are not tech savvy. Customers are always looking for super simple value-added tools to help them take the technological leap. Gibby creates the same benefit for expense controls without the client having to know anything about tech or finance. The simplicity is what makes these tools so wonderful. Already, our teams have been working side-by-side to share go-to-market best practices and leverage our combined R&D expertise across the entire organization. We're setting our sights on how we can cross-sell to our installed bases most effectively. As well as how joining forces opens up additional opportunities for new customer acquisition. Our combined team is excited to achieve our vision faster to become the default financial operations platform for SMBs. We can deliver innovation in platform payments and adjacencies faster and better together. We're excited that by joining bill.com, we can provide an even more delightful experience and create more value for the businesses that we serve. I'll now turn the call back to Renee. Thank you, Blake. We're
2: excited to have you and the team as part of Bill.com. Together, we will accelerate the value we can create for millions of SMBs. In addition to spend management, given the growth in our network, AR represents a large opportunity and has been underrepresented on our platform. Over the last year, we've been evaluating how best to accelerate value creation for our customers. In July, we announced our plans to acquire Invoice2Go a leading mobile-first accounts receivable solution used by more than 225,000 small businesses, including sole proprietors and freelancers in the U.S., Australia, Canada, the U.K., and more than 150 other countries. Invoice2Go enables small businesses to develop bid proposals, send invoices, and get paid instantly, whether in the office or on-the-go. They've also built tools to promote engagement with their customers and generate more business, such as reminders, messaging, and reviews. We think of it as a mobile-first solution that empowers users to have their business operations in their back pocket. Many of Invoice2Go's customers are service-based businesses, such as plumbers, electricians, and contractors. The services economy is still in early stages when it comes to digital transformation and the shift to online and mobile payments. Invoice2Go and Bill.com are jointly in position to capture share of this large market opportunity. Unlike physical product and -and brick-and-mortar businesses, Many service-based SMBs still require paper checks for payments, but this is quickly changing. Businesses are realizing they need to digitally transform to save time on financial operations, manage their receivables, and get paid faster. I've followed and respected Invoice 2 Go for years. Like Bill.com, they are a customer-focused software-led company that makes it easy to connect and do business. The team is passionate about helping small businesses grow, thrive, and transact. The acquisition of Invoice2Go will bring a talented 100-person team with deep accounts receivable, payments, and e-commerce experience. Together, we can more quickly advance our AR offering and accelerate our innovation agenda for small businesses globally. We see unique value in having strong AP and AR solutions on one platform, which will enable customers to have visibility into payments coming and going, providing more control and managing their cash flows. Invoice2Go will also give us a footprint for talent and customers beyond the U.S. They have teams in San Francisco and Sydney, Australia. About 60% of their customers are outside of the U.S., with the majority being in English-speaking countries. With their international teams and products, we've taken an important step on our journey to expand internationally. There are more than 20 million small businesses globally and millions more sole proprietors in the markets that Invoice2Go serves. In addition, this acquisition opens up significant opportunities for us to transition businesses to electronic payments on our platforms. We believe that we can capture a meaningful share of those payments, given our value proposition and the need for businesses to digitize and automate their financial operations. All of us are excited about the value we can create together for millions of small businesses, and we look forward to welcoming the Invoice2Go team when the acquisition closes. As we head into fiscal 2022, our top priority is integrating and leveraging Divi and invoice to go once the transaction closes. These acquisitions are integral to our vision to be the leading one-stop solution that can help millions of businesses around the world manage their financial operations. In 2022, we will expand our innovative payment offerings, enhance the user experience on our platform, and drive monetization of our products and extend our reach. Over the next 12 months, we intend to leverage our leadership position serving SMBs, to extend our capabilities to the smallest of businesses. At the same time, we will continue to build additional features and partnerships for the mid-market. We also look forward to the launch of our platform with the small business market of one of the top three banks in the U.S. and are happy to report that we have moved into the testing phase. And as always, we continue working with our current strategic partners to enhance their offerings with our expanding platform. In closing, we had a terrific year and have great momentum heading into the new fiscal year. Our continued success is only possible because of the efforts of our 1,400 employees. I'm extremely grateful for the team's dedication to each other and to our customers. All of us here at Bill.com are energized by and look forward to what we are doing to help SMBs transform and grow. Thank you for your support and being with us on the journey. Now I'll turn the call over to John to review our financials. John? Thanks, Renee.
4: Today, I'll provide an overview of our fiscal fourth quarter financial results and discuss our outlook for the fiscal first quarter and full year 2022. I'll also review our results and expectations with regard to the DIVI acquisition. As a reminder, today's discussion includes non-GAAP financial measures. Please refer to the tables in our earnings press release for a reconciliation from non-GAAP to the most directly comparable GAAP financial measure. In addition, the DIVI acquisition closed on June 1st and therefore are reported fiscal fourth quarter results include one month of DIVI. Also related to the acquisition, on August 16th, we filed an amended Form 8K with DIVI's standalone historical gap financials, along with pro forma financials for the combined company as of June 2020 and March 2021. Before we discuss our reported financial results, I'll provide an overview of our standalone or organic results for the fiscal fourth quarter excluding DIVI, as the guidance that we provided in May was without DIVI. I'll also provide an update on our key metrics. We delivered strong fourth-quarter organic financial results, with revenue, non-GAAP gross margin, and non-GAAP loss per share all well ahead of our expectations. Total revenue for Q4 was 67.9 million, and core revenue was 67.2 million. Our core revenue growth in Q4 accelerated to 73% year-over-year, driven by 32% growth in subscription fees and 137% growth in transaction fees. Our strong transaction revenue growth was mainly the result of a step-up in TPP growth combined with the ongoing mix shift towards our ad valorem payment products. The core revenue performance demonstrates that our customers are leveraging the platform to automate more of their financial operations. We're very pleased with the progress we're making investing in new platform features, innovating with payments, and enhancing our go-to-market capabilities. Our continued focus on operational rigor and solid execution drove our strong results. We also benefited from a strong demand environment as businesses increasingly prioritized digitally transforming their financial operations. Turning to an update on our key metrics, note that these figures reflect our organic business, excluding Divi. We ended the quarter with 121,200 customers, representing growth of 24% year over year. During the quarter, we added 5,600 net new customers, which once again exceeded our expectations as we experienced strong demand across our channels. In addition to strong customer acquisition in recent quarters, we've also seen success improving our customer retention. Excluding customers from our financial institution partners, our annual customer retention rate increased to 85% as of the end of Q4, up from 82% in June of 2020. We've experienced expansion and retention throughout the pandemic, and we're also seeing newer customer cohorts with higher retention rates. Bill.com is core to helping SMBs efficiently manage their financial operations, and our value proposition resonated well over the last year as remote and hybrid work environments became the norm. In addition to our growing customer base, we have developed a large network of members who receive or make electronic payments through our platform. As of the end of Q4, we had over 3.2 million network members, an increase of 28% year-over-year from the 2.5 million members we reported at the end of Q4 last year. Network members provide a significant opportunity for e payment adoption, bill.com brand awareness, and future customer acquisition. As a result, our network creates a virtual flywheel for us to drive additional adoption. Another important metric is our net dollar based revenue retention rate. As of Q4 2021, our revenue retention rate was 124%, an increase from 121% as of fiscal Q4 2020. This improvement was driven primarily by the increased adoption of variable price transaction products, including cross-border FX and virtual card payments, as well as the positive customer retention trends I mentioned earlier. Looking at total payment volume for the quarter, we processed $41.7 billion in TPV, an increase of 64% year-over-year and 19% sequentially. We processed over 8.2 million payment transactions during Q4, up 46% from Q4 of last year and an increase of 14% from Q3, as we generally saw customers across all segments increasing their level of activity on our platform. During fiscal 2021, we made substantial progress driving adoption of our variable priced payment products. In Q4, cross-border payments represented 4.1% of our TPV. For the full year ending in June, we delivered over 5.4 billion in TPV to international suppliers on behalf of our US customers, more than double the 2.3 billion we delivered in fiscal 2020. We saw a significant increase in both U.S. dollar and FX payment volume. Cross-border foreign currency TPV represented approximately 25% of cross-border volume, similar to our historical trends. Our virtual card payment volume for Q4 was approximately 2.2% of our total TPV, and virtual card TPV in fiscal 2021 grew more than 300% from fiscal 2020. We have had ongoing success driving adoption from our supplier enablement investments, combined with the value proposition of virtual car payments, increasingly resonating with suppliers. We continue to have favorable customer acquisition economics, and this guides many of our investment decisions. Our efficient direct and indirect go-to-market strategy, combined with our predictable recurring revenue model and strong revenue retention, results in a short payback period. This is the metric we primarily use to measure our customer acquisition capital efficiency. For customers acquired during fiscal 2020, the average payback period was approximately five quarters, consistent with our historical performance. Now I'll review our reported Q4 financial performance, which includes Divvy for the month of June 2021. Total revenue for Q4 was $78.3 million, an increase of 86% over Q4 2020. Core revenue, which represents subscription and transaction fees, was $77.5 million in Q4, up 100% year over year. Subscription revenue increased to $31.2 million, up 32% from Q4 2020, driven by an increase in the number of Bill.com customers and expansion in the average subscription revenue per customer. Transaction revenue increased to $46.3 million in Q4, growth of 204% year-over-year, driven mainly by increased adoption of ad valorem payments, strong TPV, and Divi's interchange revenue in June. Note that the vast majority of revenue from Divi is transaction-based with minimal subscription fee revenue. Moving on to float revenue, we generated 800,000 in float revenue in Q4, and our annualized rate of return on customer funds held in Q4 was approximately 15 basis points. Turning to gross margin and our operating results for Q4, our non-gap gross margin for the quarter was 79.7%, up from 76.9% last quarter as our organic margin improved, and Divi generated a higher non-gap gross margin than bill.com on a standalone basis. I'll provide more context on Divi's business model in a few minutes. Operating expenses for Q4 were $68.6 million, an increase of $20.5 million from Q3. We continue to invest in R&D to improve our platform and build integrations with financial institutions. R&D also includes technology and product activities associated with the Divi integration. We increased sales and marketing expenses by $9.1 million over last quarter, mainly due to increased customer acquisition and card rewards expense associated with Divi we will continue to invest here as we are encouraged by the early results at expanding our market penetration regarding gna our expenses increased by 6.7 million from q3 due mainly to consulting and related fees for MA activity as well as additional expenses from divi including credit and fraud losses in q4 our non-GAAP operating loss was 6.2 million and our non-GAAP net loss was 5.8 million or a loss of 7 cents per share based on 87 million basic weighted shares outstanding Excluding the divi results and the corresponding increase in share count, our non-GAAP net loss per share for Q4 would have been 3 cents. Moving on to the balance sheet, ending cash, cash equivalents and short-term investments were 1.2 billion, down from 1.7 billion at the end of Q3 as a result of using approximately 556 million in net cash for the acquisition of divi. As of June 30th, we had 2.2 billion in customer funds on our balance sheet which was up 14% from the end of Q3 due to the significant increase in TPV during Q4. Before I turn to our fiscal 2022 outlook, I'd like to provide an overview of Divi's business model and also provide some insight into our pending acquisition of Invoice2Go. Echoing comments from Renee and Blake earlier, Divi is a leader in the spend management space and has developed a sophisticated software solution to help businesses spend smarter, have greater control over card spend, and better manage their cash flow. We believe this merger significantly expands our market opportunity and enhances our long-term growth runway. The foundation of Divi's business model is transaction monetization through interchange fee revenue on card spend, Similar to Bill.com, Divi focuses their efforts on serving SMBs with an emphasis on slightly larger businesses. The foundation of Divi's go-to-market strategy is digital marketing and referrals supported by inside sales, which results in an efficient engine for acquiring spending businesses. We're excited to bring the Divi spend management capabilities to our Bill.com customers and strategic partners, and feel this presents a great opportunity to accelerate customer adoption of spend management. Divi interchange fee revenue is included in our core revenue. The interchange fees range from 200 to 250 basis points of card spend, depending upon the brand of the card issued. Other variables that influence interchange fees on individual transactions include the transaction size, as well as the rate the merchant pays to accept cards. Divi's non-GAAP gross margin is approximately 10 percentage points higher than Bill.com's on a standalone basis. In addition, Divi has variable costs tied to card spend that are classified in operating expenses, including rewards expense in the sales and marketing line, as well as credit and fraud losses that are reflected in the G&A line item. There's also interest expense associated with credit facilities used to fund card purchases, which is classified in other income and expense. In total, these expenses have been between 140. To 150 basis points of card spend over the last year. Over the longer term, we expect to create efficiencies in these expenses as we leverage our combined capabilities, including our data assets, risk management expertise, and balance sheet scale. As of the end of Q4, Divi had 10,700 spending businesses on their solution, of which approximately 1,000 were Bill.com customers and are included in the Bill.com customer count that I shared earlier. In June, these businesses completed $437 million in card spend across 1.4 million transactions, and gross transaction revenue yield was approximately 230 basis points. The typical Divi spending business takes approximately six months to get fully ramped, similar to the ramp time for a new Bill.com customer. Now I'd like to give you some color on our pending acquisition of Invoice2Go. Under the terms of the definitive agreement, Bill.com will acquire Invoice2Go for $625 million. Consisting of approximately 75% bill.com stock and 25% cash. The transaction is subject to customary closing conditions, including regulatory approval. Invoice2Go's most recent annualized recurring revenue as of the month of June 2021 was approximately 35 million, and more than 90% of its revenue is from subscription fees. Over the last 12 months, Invoice2Go's customers sent out approximately 25 billion in invoices, of which approximately 1 billion were paid online through their platform. We believe there is a significant opportunity over time to enable Invoice2Go's customers to get paid via electronic payments. Invoice2Go has an efficient self-service sales model, and when the transaction closes, we don't expect a material impact on our consolidated non-GAAP net loss. Now let's move on to our financial outlook for fiscal Q1 and fiscal 2022. Note that we are providing additional disclosure on bill.com standalone revenue growth given the Divi transaction has just closed and we haven't reported a complete quarter together yet. On a go-forward basis, we don't expect to provide details of Bill.com or Divi as separate businesses as we are managing one consolidated p and l While our guidance is inclusive of Divi, it excludes our pending acquisition of Invoice2Go. As we look ahead, we've never been more excited about the large market opportunity we're pursuing and the momentum we have helping SMBs automate their financial operations. The pandemic has been a wake-up call for businesses of all sizes And SMBs are increasingly realizing that investments in digital capabilities for the financial back office are mission-critical and can no longer be deferred. We plan to capture more of this addressable market by increasing our investment levels and leveraging our strong unit economics to acquire new customers and drive adoption of payment products. Our key investment areas for fiscal 2022 include integrating our technology and go-to-market teams with Divi, scaling our relationships with financial institutions, and ramping our newest payment offerings. These investments will increase operating expenses across all line items during the year and also position us to scale further as a company. While there is significant uncertainty regarding the next phase of the pandemic, for purposes of our fiscal 2022 outlook, we've assumed no material negative impact on our customer base and business. For fiscal Q1, we expect our total revenue to be in the range of 103.2 to 104.2 million which assumes organic core revenue growth of approximately 60% for bill.com on a standalone basis. We expect float revenue to be approximately 500,000 in Q1, given short-term interest rates are near zero. We expect our float revenue results will remain at this level for the foreseeable future. In terms of operating expenses, we expect to increase investments associated with R&D and platform integration with Divi, as well as our joint go-to-market initiatives. On the bottom line, in Q1, we expect to report a non-GAAP net loss in the range of 20 to 19 million and a non-GAAP loss per share of 21 to 20 cents based on a share count of 95.1 million basic weighted shares outstanding. Turning to our outlook for fiscal 2022, we expect total revenue to be in the range of 476 to 480 million. This assumes organic or standalone bill.com core revenue growth of approximately 45% in fiscal 2022 for the year, we expect our non-GAAP gross margin to be in the range of 77 to 79%. On the bottom line for fiscal 2022, we expect to report a non-GAAP net loss in the range of 89 to 85 million and a non-GAAP loss per share of 92 to 88 cents, based on a share count of 96.9 million basic weighted shares outstanding. Regarding the increased investment levels that I mentioned earlier, we expect this will have the most impact on Q2 and Q3 before we begin to realize synergies and leverage beginning in Q4. In addition, for fiscal 2022, we expect stock-based compensation expenses of approximately 30 to 35 million per quarter and capital expenditures to be approximately 11 to 13 million for the year. With our leadership position in the SMB market and our expanded capabilities with Divi, we believe now is the right time to accelerate investments in fiscal 2022 to capture the larger combined bill.com and Divi market opportunity which we believe can result in a multi-billion dollar revenue business. By leveraging our strong unit economics and operational rigor, we're confident we can create operating efficiency over time. We remain committed to running a profitable business in the long term. In summary, we're excited about the opportunity to build the one-stop financial operations platform for SMBs. There's a massive opportunity to help millions of businesses around the world digitally transform, and we believe we are creating a durable long-term growth runway for Bill.com and the SMB market. I'll now hand the call back to Karen.
1: Thanks, John. Before opening up for Q&A, we request that you limit yourself to just one question so we have enough time to get everyone on the call today. If you have a follow-up question, we ask that you jump back into queue. Thanks. Operator, we're now ready for questions.
0: As a reminder to ask a question, simply press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Again, that is star 1 to ask a question. And our first question comes from Scott Burke with Needham and Company.
5: Hi, uh, John Blake and uh, Renee. Congrats on the fantastic quarter and thanks for taking my questions. Um, I, I guess lots of uh, lots of questions here is um, John on, on, and maybe it's for Renee on the transaction volumes in the quarter. They jumped significantly. About it. Uh, a billion transactions there. Can you help us understand why the significant increase on a quarter over quarter basis? Because it's by far the largest uh, on both a percentage basis and an absolute basis that we've seen in the model in, in several years.
4: Yeah, I'll take that, uh, Scott. Thanks for the question. And um, we, we've we generally seen, um, you know, strong activity from our customer base uh, throughout the pandemic and over the last couple of quarters and as you mentioned it's most recent Q4 an uptick in activity and engagement in the platform we think that's a really good sign for the health of the small business customer base we're uh we're serving and we we saw similar results with our TPV so both transactions and and TPV were up significantly both on a year over year basis and on a sequential basis and we think that just has to do with a higher level of you know economic activity amongst our uh, our customer base and and the fact that we're we're gaining a larger share of of their spend, you know share wallet, if you will, and that's showing up as as strong growth in transactions in TPB.
0: And your next question is from Josh Eck with KBCM.
5: Thank you for taking the question, and my congrats as well on on the progress um i you know I really just wanted to um zero in on the customer momentum um obviously in the going back a year or so you you really saw a pickup, and I think there was probably some expectation that it would maybe start to normalize, but certainly it seems like there's been um ongoing heightened awareness of modernizing the back office so i'm just i'm just curious how big of a of a surprise maybe the customer additions was within the quarter and really how you're trying to think and balance that outlook as we go into your fiscal uh twenty two
2: thanks Josh. Good to hear your voice uh, you know we've been working on building this platform to make it simple to connect into business for fifteen years and so COVID did provide, you know, I would say a wake-up call for a number of businesses. Um, but at the same time, if you know, the reason I start off that we've been building the platform, we've been building the financial operational platform to manage, you know, all of the stuff that happens in the back office for a while. And that enables us to be able to offer services and integrate services uh, that we're getting ready to do with the, obviously, the integration of Divi and Soon and Voice to Go. So what we're seeing across uh, the ecosystem is that, People are quite interested in getting the, the back office out of the paper-based systems that they're on, in uh, into a digital system. So, you know, we think there's lots of opportunity, and we're going to continue to invest behind that to, to bring those people along and to help them save time and, and obviously do more with their, their, uh, around their passion than what we're <clears throat> they're doing today.
3: Thanks, Rene. Thank you.
0: And your next question is from Brent Braceland with Piper Sandler.
5: Uh, thank you, and good afternoon. I guess, Renee, John, Blake, uh, I haven't seen a business model in like, to, like this since the, the late 90s. Super impressive growth. Uh, it begs a question. Are you sure this is back office accounting invoicing software? In all seriousness, uh, we're just not used to seeing this type of growth for uh, back-office uh, software. Uh, Rene, um, what type of demand pull are you seeing within the existing Bill.com customer base for, for Divi corporate cards? And then could you just talk a little bit about the early uptake in the newest $500 Divi sign-up promo? It seems like big opportunity to cross-sell here, but would love to get your view on how quickly that could happen. Thanks.
2: Uh, thank you, Brent. We, you know, we're very focused on, you know, making accounting in the back office as as sexy as it can be, right? So, uh, to your point, like, we back just up. really feel like, you know, this is an opportunity to really change the way business gets done. And, you know, for us, uh, the financial operations uh, and integrating, you know, Divi is super important. So, you know, we're in the early early days of actually, you know, making the planning and the integration around the roadmap that's going to be combined uh, we have started the cross-selling, and <clears throat> all of this is going going well, and, and everything is going as planned. And it's just an opportunity for us to continue <clears throat> to enhance the offering to customers, and then the opportunity uh, for customers to save time. And you know, like we've said before, it's over 50% um, of the customers' time that they're able to save when they get onto the Bill.com platform. So. Lots of lots of reasons why people are coming on the platform. I think the payment execution is also something that's bringing a lot of people along as well.
5: Thank you.
0: Your next question is from Samad Samana with Jeffries.
2: Hi, good evening. Thanks for taking the question. Uh, Granted, it's a strong result, John. Maybe could you unpack the guidance a little bit? Um, obviously, you gave the organic growth outlook for Bill, but are you assuming? Revenue synergies between the two companies and if not, you know, once we start to think about maybe the revenue synergies ticking in between the two.
4: Yeah, sure. Thanks uh, for the question, Samad. Um, yeah, we feel really good about the, you know, the momentum we have and I think that's re- reflected in the, in the guidance we provided, including the Organic core revenue growth is 60% in the first quarter, 45% for the year. So we have a strong base, um, and then with the addition of Divi, um, they have great momentum in the market as well, and and we expect that to continue. On the synergy front, while we've started, um, you know, integrating teams and and combined product roadmaps and go-to-market strategies. I think that takes some time to evolve. As, as you know, it, it takes businesses time to change their financial operations, adopt new products, and then ultimately ramp, similar to when somebody adopts Bill.com. So, uh, we haven't, uh, quantified any specific, uh, you know, synergy number within, within the guidance, um, but we would expect that to take a, a number of quarters before we start to see, uh, an impact on the numbers.
2: Great. Maybe I can just we zoom in for, for Renee. I, I know you guys want to answer her question, but the company's done a, a couple of deals that are both transformative. I'm just curious on the M&A philosophy. Should we think about this
1: more as a digestion period for maybe the next six to 12 months, or should we think about
3: M&A as something that's that's uh, kind of core to the five-wheel going forward?
2: So we definitely expect there will be uh, future M&A, uh, but at this point, we are very focused on integrating. Uh, the Divi team and the the great software they've built, you know, with our core platform, and soon we'll be focused on doing the same with Invoice2Go. So uh, our focus is going to be to deliver for customers, you know, a one-stop shop and to do it with the excellence that we have always done, and we're going to focus on that right now. Great. Congrats again on the very strong results in Outlook. Thanks a Your
0: next question is from... Robert Nepoli with William Blair.
2: Uh, thank you. And uh I'll add my congratulations. Pretty pretty exciting story to uh, uh continues. But just uh I guess uh maybe for Blake or for Renee, just uh
0: the competition
2: in the uh Divi market are you seeing? I mean uh, the maybe just talk about the runway for the kind of growth uh that you've been driving. Uh and are you seeing you know, additional competition from like of Brex or, or Ramp or, or others, or American Express, I know you, I think uh, you, you get a lot of business from American Express, we're also a partner with Renee on the AT side.
3: Yeah, hey Robert, this is Blake, it, really, really good question. Um, first, this is a huge market, and so we don't anticipate uh, it slowing down as an independent company, that we haven't faced those headwinds historically, and, and we're not facing them now. Um, the short of it, though, is that businesses love Divi Solutions. It's simple to use. It's easy to use. It's great from a budgeting perspective, obviously from a spend management perspective, they get to control who spends what, where, when, and why at any given time, the expense automation, um, certainly the cash flow management as well from a business perspective. And then you add that to the combined and kind of the aggregate effect of what they already love and are kind of attached to um, what bill.com brings to the equation. And that's powerful. That, that, that's, It's something that we've heard and listened to uh, from the businesses that we work with for years, that they have been clamoring and asking for a consolidated solution um, because they're tired of using disparate point systems, and that's what exists, right? That's what there's a lot of, are uh, many different point systems. Um, anywhere from the corporate card, from uh, legacy spend management, or legacy expense management. And so we're really excited about the combined effort of what we bring to the table. We know that uh, it is what businesses have been asking for, and frankly we're able to accomplish it um, faster and better together. Great. Uh,
5: thank you. Appreciate
0: it. Your next question is from Brad Sills with Bank of America Securities.
5: Oh great. Uh, hey guys, I'll, I'll echo the congratulations on just an exceptional quarter here and outlook. Um congratulations again. So, um I wanted to ask about the the gross retention uptick that you saw this quarter. Um is this in your opinion, you know, some some, you know, kind of reopening headwind or tailwinds rather that are helping that metric that you might have seen earlier on in the pandemic? Or is this an indication of something else perhaps moving up market into that kind of lower end of the, the mid market where you tend to see less, uh, you know, SMB mortality there? Any color on just what drove that uptick in, um, in the gross retention? Thank you so much.
4: Yeah, great. Um, thanks for the question, Brad. This is John. And, um, you know, if you recall back through the pandemic, we had really strong uh, retention. Right after the, the start of the, of the pandemic, we saw sort of a recovery and improving uh, retention rates, and that's, that's really continued. I think as much as anything, um, our platform for m- many of the customers we serve becomes their go-to system for managing financial operations, and once that's in place and customers have adapted how they operate and they've gone digital, it's hard to change, and they, and they stick with the solution. So I think we're seeing that. We're seeing really good strength across um, our, you know, multiple go-to-market channels as well. And so I wouldn't say it's a – we see anything that suggests a reopening phenomenon as much as a continuation of kind of the mission we've been on to deliver value for customers.
5: Makes sense. Thanks so much, John. Sure. Your
0: next question is from Jeff Cantwell with Guggenheim
2: Securities
5: hey uh thanks for taking my question. can you hear me okay?
2: yes we can thanks jeff
5: great great uh congrats on the results i wanted to uh, i wanted to have a uh a follow up if i if i may on an earlier question uh on Divi, you know now that this part of uh, the, the platform can you talk a little more about the the customer acquisition strategy uh and the opportunities you see to increase the Divi customer base as you're looking ahead? Meaning, you know, how do you plan to grow the Divi customer base further from here? And uh, you know, what are the underlying re- reasons why you think there's opportunity? and Where do you see opportunity?
3: Um, and
5: as far as size and opportunity, are there are there any particular verticals you think are a nice mesh for the expense management capabilities of Divi? Just would like to kind of help us think about what could get Divi's 10,000 customer base to expand from here. Want we'll to see if we can drill down on the operational strategy a bit and how you're thinking about things here. Thanks.
2: Great. I'll start off and then let Blake uh, chime in with more specific details. But, you know, ultimately uh, one of the things that we saw in the acquisition was an opportunity to extend the diverse ecosystem that we built. So one of the key competitive advantages that we have as a company is that we work with accountants, we work with financial institutions, we work uh, obviously with direct with SMBs uh, from the smallest of businesses to the large mid-market companies. And so, there is the cross sell opportunity, which we think can help, you know, obviously the results from Divi. Uh, but, you know, Divi has, like Blake's already talked about, a, a great uh, go-to-market story of its own. So I'll let Blake kind of talk to that those points.
3: Yeah, I, not to be overly redundant, but I think there's three primary things that uh, make us comfortable and certainly confident on a go-forward basis. And the first is that we have an incredibly strong uh, go-to-market motion and team um, uh, top-down, from our marketing teams or our inside and outside sales. So direct sales is an unmitigated strength of our team. Uh, the other, though, is really tapping into a, a different strength, and, and that's on the Bill.com side, and, and that's on the channels. Uh, it, Renee just mentioned the FIs and, and the accounting channel, and at the beginning there was some overlap already from the accounting side, meaning that we speak that language with accountants. We're already servicing many of their needs in um, building for them, and so uh, we, we look at that as... A really attractive way to scale into and to penetrate more um, of that market with the Divi product and, and, and uh, certainly garner more spend there. And then lastly, it's the installed base that we collectively have uh, with the businesses uh, that Divi already has. You mentioned the, the greater than 10,000 and over 120,000 on Bill.com um, that we've already been able to uh, stand up some teams, and it's the early days, and that will take some time uh, to scale into that. Uh, but the cross-sell is already in motion, um, and, and we're uh, uh, pretty happy with how that's going so far. Okay,
5: great. Much appreciated. Thanks for all the detail, and congrats on the results.
3: Thank you, Jeff.
0: The next question is from Matt Van Bite with BTIG.
4: I second the question, guys, and uh, great job on, on the quarter for sure. Um, maybe expanding on the, the last question a little bit um, from a little different angle, you know, could you talk about in terms of the 10,000-plus the customers already on Divi um, or I guess maybe the, the 9,000 or so that weren't already bill customers, is there any reason to think that you can't um, cross-sell the the bill legacy platform across? Is there anything unique about some of those customers from a size or – um, use case perspective that um that that wouldn't make that correct and, and then conversely you know on the hundred and twenty thousand plus uh, bill customers are any of them you know I guess sort of too small to, to embrace the Divi platform, how should we think about the the long run opportunity um across the two uh, existing bases now?
2: Thanks. Yeah, great question Matt. You know, we think that businesses uh you know small to the mid market that we serve Uh, They need this. They need financial operations in their back pocket. They need to automate the paper processes. They need to get online. COVID was a wake-up call for them. And the opportunity is across all those businesses. Uh, We believe that, you know, there is, you know, significant, um, you know, synergies for a business once they get their systems digitized. And so, so you know, we have done our own, you know, analysis to look at kind of which are the most likely customers to start. and And, you know, that's the cross-selling efforts that we're focused on right now is to start – you know, with those, but you know, there's a there's a good opportunity in front of us, and we're excited about it.
5: All right, great, thank you.
2: Thank you, Matt.
0: Your next question is from John Coffee with FIG.
5: Hi, great, thank you very much for taking my question. Um, I had one question. Uh, it was sort of concerning that 8K that you released about a couple weeks ago, uh that had the historical Divi financials, and on the income statement there was a I think about. For the whole of the year 2020, there was a provision for losses of about, I think, uh $10 million. Uh So my first question is, how should we think about the provision expense going forward on the income statement? In which um, income statement line will that be built? And in general, how should we think about what those provision expenses will be? And the second part is related. It looks like when I look at your balance sheet, for this last quarter, you added about $147 million of acquired card receivables. Should I understand it right that you would never earn interest income on that, that that's probably maybe going to go to some kind of balance sheet partner? Because um, you didn't mention that. I think you just mentioned the the interchange opportunity. So I just want to make sure I'm uh, not missing any potential revenue sources.
4: Sure. Thanks for the the question, John. I'll I'll take that one. Um, regarding uh, the provision for credit losses, that's an item that shows up in G&A expenses, and we have uh, provided an estimate in the prepared remarks around uh, the combination of you know rewards expense, uh, credit uh, and fraud losses, and interest expense combined being about 140 to 150. Uh, basis points uh, in in total cost, and of that amount uh, it's about two thirds it's associated with rewards um, and then you know the the credit and and fraud losses is the next biggest item, and interest expense is the smallest of the three um, and to your second question about the the balance sheet, I would just view that as transitory um, the the way transactions flow through the system there is no interest earning. Our interest, you know, component of the Divvy business model.
5: Perfect. Thank you very much.
0: Your next question is from Ken Soshi with Automonas Research.
3: Hey, good good afternoon, everyone. Congrats, uh, congrats on the solid quarter, and, and thanks for taking the question here. Um, I, I just wanted to ask about the transaction take rate. Um, if I exclude Divi and and look at the trend transaction take rate on a quarter over quarter basis. It it increased, but it increased at a slower rate than prior quarters. Um, and I just wanted to know what what caused that. I mean, which transaction types saw less momentum this quarter versus uh, versus prior quarters, or maybe you just had a strong ramp in, in payment volume and that's impacting it. Thank you.
4: Sure. Thanks uh, for the question, Ken. Um, yeah, we're we're really pleased, frankly, with the expansion in our monetization, um, and take rate is is one measure of that. We also look at you know revenue per transaction and and the profile of businesses. We're driving you know really strong year over year growth in in all of those metrics. You're you're right about the quarter to quarter change in in our take rate. It was a little bit lower this quarter than in than in prior quarters. But, you know, generally speaking, there's a different mix of payment types in each quarter, and it's not a perfect, perfectly linear expansion that we expect. But we're still very optimistic about our opportunity over time to continue to drive uh, increased monetization, particularly on the payment side. Okay. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it.
5: Sure.
0: Your next question is from Joseph Voffe with Canaccord. Accord.
5: Hey guys,
4: uh, good afternoon. Uh, obviously, great results. I uh, Echo that. Just um, you know, a question on guidance for this year. You know, Divi Divi's uh, a fast-growing company, but you know, obviously, a, a slightly different business model than core bill. How did you approach guidance? You know, relative to incorporating Divi in versus um, you know what you've done you know in in previous years on on the core business before Divi. And then um, maybe you could just comment on travel-related volumes that may or may not be in Divi right now. Thanks. Sure. Thanks uh, for the question, and and I'll take that one. Um, I mean, we we approach guidance, you know, using all the information that that we have, um, you know, looking at key metrics in the business and trends within the customer base, um, and our an understanding of our uh, of our unit economics, and and as I said previously, you know we feel good about not only our core business going into the year, but the Divi business as well. Um, both, uh, you know, all of our 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 products are are performing well, and we're seeing increasing, you know, customer uh, adoption. So um, the the guidance that we provided kind of reflects the latest thinking that we have on on how the business may evolve this um, this coming year. And I'd say um, just at a at a high level and, and I'll hand it over to Blake to add any color that he'd like, but at, at a high level, you know, the Divi business, the the spending businesses leveraging the card, it doesn't create any significant concentration in any particular spend type or or category. It's a well diversified um, set of spending businesses and merchants that they're spending with. Um, and we've seen pretty consistent uh results obviously, growth uh, throughout the pandemic from the early days, uh, rapid growth. But b- beyond that, I, I'm not sure there's any real dynamics to point out. No, no Blake, if you want to add anything.
3: No, uh, maybe just to call out kind of the product itself, right? Uh, I think historically, uh, you, you would corner a pigeonhole. Divi is a T&E product, but from the very beginning, by design, uh, that's where we were trying to break the mold. We knew that small businesses wanted control over all of their spend, and they wanted a singular platform uh, through which they could do that. Um, and so Divi's that's where Divi's budgets, from a software perspective, really come to life and shine, is they, they're dynamic, they're agile, you're able to use it from a mobile perspective or a web perspective. Um, and so we really broke out of that mold of a, a T&E and, and travel-focused business uh, and have been able to scale really effectively across ad spend, different software services, um, you know, the food and normal expenses uh, of a business outside of Teenie. So nothing comes or call, calls out. Thank you very much for that.
0: And we have time for one last question. Our final question comes from Darren Peller with Wolf.
5: Hey guys, thanks. When we look at the uh, monetization potential, just, Renee, if you could start off reminding us again of the strategy for now for the next 12 months going into fiscal 22 on supplier enablement. And really what if, you know, it was good to see the metrics again at around only 2 to 3% still virtual card. What what do you think that can get to over the next 12, maybe 24, and then longer term as a percentage of your mix, and then also the international side, and really what you're doing proactively to enable that? It just made me uh, an update on that. Thanks, guys. Nice job.
2: Thank you, Darren. Uh, You know, we've got a lot of investment going into growing and accelerating the business. You see the results that we just announced and how we feel about the business in the next 12 months, and it's across all segments and across all products. And so the payment offerings are super important. Uh, In particular, you know, when we think about virtual card international uh, FX capabilities, you know, we still believe there's a, you know, a good amount in front of us. So, um, you know, the the ranges that we've provided in the past are something that we're going to kind of continue to to march towards and to make sure that we develop the right product, uh, the right customer experience, and the right uh, go-to-market to bring those customers into the fold. So uh, that's all the investment that we're doing, you know, across, you know, the business perspective that. We're also investing, uh, obviously, the number one thing is to make the integrations with with Divi and soon invoice to go successful. Uh, and that's, you know, that's creating that one-stop shop platform, that unique position that we're in to be that one-stop shop for SMBs. And then the third thing that we're investing in over the year is going to be, uh, strengthening our, you know, go to market with the financial institution partners that we have and rolling out the SMB, uh, solutions that we've talked about. So lots of investment, you know, the payment products are a part of that and we feel good about continuing to, you know, grow the, you know, the take that we're getting from both, you know, the payment products we have and the ones that we are in the process of adding.
0: We will now hand the call back over to Renee LaCerte, CEO.
3: Great. Thank
2: you. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. We're kicking off the new fiscal year with momentum and looking forward to communicating our progress as we take on the tremendous opportunity ahead of us. Thank you. Goodbye.
0: Thank you again for joining us today. This does conclude today's presentation. You may now disconnect.